Have you taken our survey yet? We have a survey out now and would love to hear from you. All the information that we're getting is helping us better our offerings for later this year. Two lucky participants are going to win a $100 Target gift card each, and the survey is open through the 28th of March. We can't wait to hear your opinion. Check out the show notes for the link. You're listening to the Tidy Revival Podcast, where we explore the stories and emotions behind decluttering and home organization. I'm your host, Carly Adams, home organizer and creator of the clutter-free home process. Now, this is the time where I remind you that this is not a show for little ears. If your kids are in the room, please pause now. This show has an explicit rating. We're going deep. We're going through your shit while we're going through your shit. Now, let's get started. Welcome, friends. So today I'm super excited because we're bringing you another ADHD resource as we continue this conversation about ADHD and organization. And I have ADHD coach Jen Hansen with me today, and we are going to be talking about the intersection with the coaching that she does and home organization and just diving into a bunch of fun stuff. So yeah, let's just get on into it. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you too. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Missy from Clear Spaces. It's blanking on me which episode is going to air first, but we had a conversation with Missy about some ADHD books and resources that we lean on when we're helping our clients as well. And she introduced us. She was like, you have to talk to Jen. She is amazing. So thank you so much to Missy and thank you for to you for coming onto the show and having this conversation today. Absolutely. My pleasure. So I'll just start with an introduction. I'm going to let you take it away. Let us know who you are and what you do in the world. Okay. So interestingly enough, I am also an RN. I'm an RN and I'm a professional ADHD life coach in Minneapolis. Also have inattentive ADHD. I use a strengths and empowerment-based approach to help clients set a foundation to leverage strengths and outsource things that are hard for them so they can kind of get what they want in life. It's a partnership that just kind of helps clients discover and embrace their unique brains. And it's a ton of fun and I really love doing it. That's so awesome. And I think that's so interesting that you do have so many years under your belt as an RN and as somebody with ADHD, and I know you have on your website as well, that you're a parent of two ADHD diagnosed tween daughters. So can you share a little bit more about your journey and how you decided, like what made you want to pursue specifically ADHD focused coaching? Absolutely. Yes. Thanks for asking. Kind of interesting. When I first went to college, I wanted to be a psychiatrist. I feel like I've made full circle here. I'm back in the psychology world again. I went to to med school or pre-med and I was just not in a place in my life where I could do it. I was undiagnosed at the time. So I went into, but what was cool about that was I realized that I could jump in and do these high, fast-paced, intense nursing jobs like critical care, ER, And it was really great for my brain, you know, as a reflect back. So I did all the high intensity nursing fields and really loved it. But I kept thinking, you know, I wanted to be more holistic in how I helped patients and I wanted more time with them. So I took a couple of years, you know, while I was still nursing to kind of explore what, you know, what do I want to do differently now? 
because I knew it was somebody. In the meantime, I had, like you said, the two girls, the twins, who both got diagnosed. And as raising them as a parent and advocate for them, I learned so much about their ADHD diagnosis. And that's what really stuck with me. And then I went to see a, a seminar on executive function and ADHD. And it was taught by an ADHD coach. And I was like, holy moly, that's a thing. What is that? And it just kind of stuck in my head for two years. And then I got diagnosed. And then I was like, well, now I'm going to go back to school for this because it affects my whole family. I'm incredibly curious and interested. And it just sort of fit who I am as a person, somebody who really loves advocacy and just supporting people and letting them come as they are. So it's a real strength for me. So that's kind of how I ended up here. So it's been kind of an adventure. I love it so much. And I think that's so incredible that you can now be this resource for others and take all these things that you've learned in your combined, you know, multi-decades of experience and bring this to the table. It's so, so cool. Thank you so much. I think so too. (laughs) Are we friends on social media yet? Whether your jam is Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, or Facebook, follow us at Tidy Revival for tips and updates. Can you please share in your experience the overlap between what you and I do? Like how does home organization coincide with ADHD needs? Sure, absolutely. You know, it's interesting when you mentioned Missy and she reached out to me and we had coffee and we were having a conversation about her professional organizing business and what I do as an ADHD coach. And the reason she reached out was she's noticing a lot of her clients have ADHD, whether they disclose it or it's just, she's just noticing some of the traits. Definitely ADHD affects how people approach organization and decluttering. So when I think about, you know, all the pieces and parts that go into organization, all those aspects are affected by ADHD. For instance, motivation, staying engaged with something boring or overwhelming, being able to be focused on it without getting distracted. And then we all know how much we have to break it down into smaller pieces to get it done. And clients get overwhelmed by that and also be, have the energy to do it. Energy to do it and not, you know, peter out from, you know, the self-talk and the shame around actually digging into organization. And then finally, like with our tendency for time blindness, the reward of completing an organization project is so distant that we can't even hold on to it. So it makes it really hard because we can't get that reward. We don't see it. So it affects it in many different ways. I've really noticed too, something I end up talking a lot about in this free class that I have as a resource linked in the show notes. The phrase that people use all the time is that I don't want to worry about getting my home organized because I'm always going to have to keep up with it. Like they feel like it's never Mm -hmm. ending. And in a lot of ways it is, you know, and I liken it to other healthy habits, getting enough sleep, staying hydrated, moving our body. It's one of those things that we break down into like small manageable daily things versus, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I to often talk about incorporating it into like healthy lifestyle practices, but in little chunks. But because of that, because of the overwhelm in the getting started and the never finishing and the maintaining, people are like, why bother? 
And, you know, I talk about that a lot, but I would love to hear from you. Like if you hear clients saying that the why bother part, what do you feel, you know, what would your response be like? Why Mm -hmm. do you believe that people should bother? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally know what you're saying. So it's like, they're afraid because they it's not going to stick. They tried and they tried and they tried and they failed what they call failure and it doesn't stick. So they they default to that negative negativity bias our brain loves. Mm-hmm. I love yes. get this right. I've never done it right. So they don't even believe or give them permission themselves permission to even try to do it even with support. So that's what comes up for me around that. Yeah. And I can definitely see that. And I, you know, I guess that's one of the reasons why we're always talking about here, the lack of perfection being really like the most important thing. And it's not going to be like, okay, we're going to take two weeks and we're going to declutter your house and then you're done forever. It's not that. It's more of a let's take, let's get some skills under our belt. Let's get a toolkit in place so that when we want to make things these things happen in our home, we have the resources to work on it and we have the resources to keep it up. And, you know, I'm always talking about like this pile of clothes next to my bed. I love nothing more than taking my clothes off at the end of the day and throwing them in a pile. I love Mm -hmm. it. I hate folding my clothes at the end of the day and I do this for a living. But so it's not that there's not a pile. It's just that I put away the pile, you know, four to six days a week. And and then it takes five minutes versus not putting away the pile for a month and a half and then having to, you know, take two hours to to work on it. So that really is a difference. Like you can still love to throw things in a pile and that's fine. It's not about perfection. It's not about putting away everything the second that you're done with it, but it is about like the regular maintenance. And because you do it regularly, it takes a lot less time. You know how to do it quickly versus it being like an overwhelming thing. Right. That was a little bit of a tangent, but it's just yeah, fun. no, I and I have some things to say about that because yeah, you hit on a lot of things that that clients do struggle with, like perfectionism and what does good enough look for, look like for them, and also having somebody who's willing to work with them to figure out what's going to make it this new habit for yeah. their unique brain. So you can give them advice all day long. And they could try all the things, but it might not ever stick if it's not how they process the world, how they process information, how they see what's good enough for them. And also the, again, the timelineness piece where what is going to be the reward if I put the time in to get this habit and also to leave space for, is it okay that I have a pile? Maybe the kitchen is the priority and the pile of clothes is okay. That it doesn't have to be everything. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. And the remembering, this is really important, no matter, you know, who you are, what you have going on in life, but remembering that none of us have time to do all the things all the time. We just don't. Exactly. Always going to be more to do. So it's really more about prioritizing than trying to make everything happen constantly. Absolutely. And I was going to mention also, you know, a lot of clients with ADHD have working memory issues. You know, once they figure out a structure and a process that works for them, I really encourage them to get it down on paper or in, you know, like something like we like to call a personal operations manual. Once they figure it out, they can refer to that later when things feel overwhelming and life feels like a lot. 
They have a place to go. Okay, this is how I broke it down, what worked, and it supports their memory when they do that. Something I've found helpful for my clients, more and more I've noticed have ADHD or disclosing ADHD or the children have ADHD. It's coming up more and more, which is why we're having these conversations and it's great. But something I found and made a change in my own business that I believe has been helpful is I was sending notes to all my in-home clients like following our session. And I still do that, but they're for most of my clients, it's also helpful if they're linked somewhere in a share drive. And so like all the notes for the whole year are in one place. So then they can like go back and refer to it instead of trying to like find it. It's just Mm -hmm. like, okay, it's here. And it's Mm -hmm. just date and notes, date and notes, date and notes, but in one document. And that seems to be working out. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's supporting their memory, giving them a toolbox. Like you said, that's amazing. It works really great for the ADHD client and brain. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about inattentive ADHD, a phrase that I was asked specifically to touch base with you about. Can you please share what it is and how it comes into play with decluttering and home organization needs? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So ADHD has three subtypes. So a hyperactive presentation, a inattentive presentation, a combined. So it's kind of a spectrum where combined or hyperactive clients might be outwardly hyper or fidgety, moving. Inattentive clients don't show that as much. It's a little more internalized. Um, some of the things I've noticed with my inattentive clients, which is who I am also inattentive, is that energy can be a real challenge when they get overwhelmed by a lot of different things coming at them at once and it really drains their energy. So it's really hard to sustain that doing a task for long periods of time. So I've also seen that, um, you know, inattentive clients, it's kind of interesting. We tend to not be the disruptors. So the diagnosis slips through the cracks and a lot of women are the ones that are inattentive are getting diagnosed as adults now. So lots of adult women who are in 30s, 40s that are getting diagnosed smart, right? Like they figured out life and then something like a transition might come into their life, like having children, for instance, that really all of a sudden now it's really hard to manage adding one more thing into their life. So that prompts them to maybe wonder what's going on. A lot of that happened during the pandemic as well when people are working from home and wait a minute, all my structure's taken away. Yeah. So it's not so much the outward hyperactivity. Sometimes people say they look lazy or unmotivated, which can be really hard on our self-talk, feed the shame. So I'm really glad you asked about it because I feel like there's not enough information out in the world about this particular presentation of ADHD. If someone feels like they're hearing you talking and they're like, oh my gosh, maybe that's me. And I know this wasn't in the questions I gave you, but what would you, what would you recommend their first steps be towards advocating for themselves in a possible diagnosis? Yes. So I would start, you know, if they have a good relationship with their primary physician, that usually is a good state place to start where it's like you have a relationship with someone. If they're already seeing a psychiatrist for other things, I tell people to ask, like, you know, point out what are the symptoms, what they've read online, how they can see that this coincides to really advocate for themselves because this is overlooked a lot. Even if someone says, 
no, I don't think so. And they really like in their soul feel like this is what it is. It's inattentive. Then go to the psychiatrist, go to the psychologist. Don't stop until you get somebody who actually is hearing you and listening to you. Because it, even practitioners aren't great at diagnosing, especially inattentives, because we don't look like the typical presentation of ADHD. That's super helpful. Thank you. Can you please share a few tips, maybe like three tips that you've found helpful in your own home as far as home organization or decluttering and ADHD? Okay, absolutely. Great question. Mine are not the typical ones. They are more about my brain. Uh, oh, for instance, I know if I'm going to tackle something that is not interesting to me and feels tedious, I really need to ignite my brain in some sort of way. So I love music. That's probably my best motivator. Also exercise, chatting with a friend while I'm doing it. Something that's going to bring in the interest to my brain and satisfy that need while I do the thing. Mm -hmm. That's one of my biggest ones. A few other things I do are start with something easy and interesting. And then once I get the momentum behind that interesting fun piece I need to do, then do the boring thing. Kind mm -hmm. of like the momentum kind of spills over into the next task. Some kind of like make it a game. Like I, I do this too with dishes. I hate dishes. I hate dishes. So sometimes I challenge myself, which is really great for the ADHD brain to make it a race. Like how fast can I get this done? And have I broken dishes doing this? Yes. But do I get my dishes done? Yes. Perfect. So it's really helpful. Also, you know, sometimes creating rituals around what you do every day. Like this is my routine that I do every morning. I get my brain ignited. These are the two things I get done every morning. Create some sort of ritual. I've had clients get super creative with how they get things done. It's so much fun to see them create these systems. I have a client recently that um, he's a real tech guy and he's into numbers and spreadsheet, but that really helped him to just sit down and like even look at how long it takes him to do tasks because he was thinking something would take hours that only took him 20 minutes. Yeah. So just awareness around how long things take is also super important. And I know it's probably more than three, but I can't stress enough that teaming up with others, whether it's your partner, a friend, your kids, like team up with others, being connected really helps us get things done. The final thing I'll mention is having prompts in your visual space, like, you know, something that's going to help you remember to do the thing or the thing you want to get done every morning, have that in your space. So it's like a reminder, a visual prompt that says, oh yeah, I need to do that instead of just blindly walking out the door and going on to my next thing. That's more interesting. Those are some things that come to mind when I think about getting things done. Love it. Love it. When you were talking about chatting with a friend, something I wanted to touch on, again, not in the notes, but this made me think of it, is how important body, body doubling is in the ADHD mm -hmm. community. And for those with, especially with the diagnosis, it's like once you learn about it, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. That's very important. Mm -hmm. And something that I find so interesting, like this will never not be interesting to me, is that when we started our online community and had folks joining who had ADHD, they were often skeptical at the start that we could have a body doubling experience in a virtual space, which I completely understand. And it has been so 
much fun to see how things like the Q&A calls or we have these longer stretches of time called the day of tidy where Zoom is just on for three hours and I'm here. You can pop in, you can ask questions, but we try and have it. It's like not as much like chit chat. It's more like we're all here. We're getting our stuff done. We pop in for questions, maybe a little bit of chit chat, and then we'd like get back on task. And and during our Q&A calls too, there's no pressure to like sit, watch, have your camera on, be attentive. It's like, no, you can have your camera off. You can have it on if that mm-hmm. helps you, but everyone's encouraged to like do their own thing and ask questions as needed. And using that time as like get shit done time has been really helpful and was a real game changer in the community when we decided to make everything all about, okay, let's use this time to get our own things done versus sit, camera on, eye contact, talk type of thing. Yes. I, that is so exciting that you do that. I'm very excited that you do that. That's because you're right. You're seeing the benefits of it. It's like, like having an accountability partnership with yes. others. It's like there's an energy of getting things done. It's the old, I have a study buddy, right? Yes. We've done these things naturally our whole lives, but we forget that we can use them again now as adults to get things done, especially when people are not working in in their businesses anymore. They're working from home. We get really isolated and we'll have that connection. And also the other thing that's really helpful for an ADHD client is having that deadline, that appointment time. I committed to this. Somebody's counting on me and I'm going to be there. Mm -hmm. Just doing that and being able to like say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. You're doing X, Y, Z. It helps us get things done. Can I share a quick client story? Yes. It's so interesting, the creative ways my clients get things done. It's so fun to see. So we all know there's body doubling websites out there in the world where it's like a fee every month and you can sign up and pop on to get things done with others. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, there's a couple that come. Let's see. One is, um, I'm going to space the name now. But if you just search ADHD, if you just search body doubling websites, there's multiple out there. Even ADD.org has some body doubling sessions they do with some people getting things done, setting up their businesses, et cetera. So it's really effective. But my client, one of her more challenging things was getting to work on time and leaving work on time. So she would set up a body double session for her to just get ready in the morning. Like, you know, it's like, okay, now I have to log in. And now I know I have this much time to get ready. And when that session is done, and I'm walking out the door. So, and she would do it the same way at the end of her day. I thought this was so creative. So she's like the last hour of her day, I'm going to recheck emails, do my body double session. When that session is done, I am leaving work and I am moving on. And it just was so helpful for her to do that, to have that accountability. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that's It's super creative and it makes, you know, you set the appointment. We're always saying, to get things on your calendar as the thing that helps you finalize whatever project it is. Like whether that's, say you need to get something from the store. That's actually why I promote shipping a lot. So that you just yeah. get yes. to your door, it just shows up and yes. then you implement it. But even, you know, taking donations, say you do a bunch of clou- decluttering and then you have donations, like find, look at your calendar, physically look at it and say, when is a good time for this to, for me to either take it on the way to somewhere else. Like there's a donation drop-off near my grocery store. So if I wanted to right. I could do a, a quick 
you know, drop off in the groceries, drop off in groceries. We actually have so many donations just for work that I have mm-hmm. someone else take them. And then she drops them off and goes to a container store and then like, comes and drops yeah. off whatever you have to buy for the week. But yeah, getting it on the calendar is so much, it's so important to make things happen and kind of close that loop. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you touched on, you know, that momentum piece there too. Like you're already out doing something. This is when you go drop off your donations, right? Because yeah. it's like the only thing on your calendar that day to get out the house and drop it off. It might not get done. But, mm-hmm. to, you know, the container store is fun. <laughs> I mean, I think so. The motivation to get yeah. out check out some cool containers. Exactly. See what bins are out there. Exactly. <laughs> totally. This episode is brought to you by the Clutter-Free Home Process, my online course community that teaches you the process I use with every client, including how to declutter and get things out of your home. Yes, including the tough stuff. We're also going to create simple systems and learn how to maintain it, all with personalized support and accountability along the way for six months. Learn more at tidyrevival.com forward slash course. How does someone know, Jen, if they're a good candidate to work with an ADHD? coach? Absolutely. That's a good question. The first thing I thought about this question when you asked me, and the first thing I think is, you know, it's a diagnosis, but at the same time, I have lots of clients have suspected diagnosis. They know, and maybe they're waiting six months to a year to go get neuropsych testing. Do they wait, you know, to get their life started for that? I encourage people if they think, and they have family members that have it, or their kids are diagnosed, this is genetic you know, put the pieces together. Ultimately, I'm a life coach. So I'm a life coach trained with an ADHD lens. People can always reach out and consult with me and just discuss their thoughts on this. And it helps them give, you know, direction on how they want to approach it if they're not diagnosed yet. So I would say either either person can come and consult. I mostly work with adults, but interesting, there are coaches that work with kids too. I imagine you have a fair amount of clients that are women and mothers and parents that, you know, that their kid might have the diagnosis as well, that coaches also work with kids. And often people feel like, you know, what kind of cues them in that something is, is coming up and could it be ADHD is that they might feel like they have unmet potential, feel not in control of their lives. And I bet you hear that a lot. They've tried other types of support, but still something feels missing to help them move forward. So those are some of the common things I hear from clients that kind of cue them in that something needs to be addressed. A lot of my clients also work with therapists. You know, we're a great team, a coach and a therapist. We love to work together (laughs) for our clients. There is, you know, if I could touch on the distinction a little bit between therapy and coaching, I think a lot of people are curious about that. You know, I feel like I love therapists and there's so many different types of therapy. I always have a hard time telling people what therapy is because I'm not one. But the thing that I'm ultimately take away from therapy is it's, you know, they're facilitating healing through treatment and diagnosis based on mental health challenges. But like I said, there's so many therapies out there. But coaching and therapy have some overlap because we do both work on mindsets Maybe what you're feeling, what your emotions are around, what you're doing. You know, we untangle that. We, where a coach is maybe different, but also some therapists might have this approach. But the lines are a little blurry that we're helping clients kind of discover the strengths that they already have 
and helping them be aware of them and to help them create creative strategies to get things done and to get what they want in life. But we also, like I said, we explore beliefs, values, patterns, self-awareness, you know, all while holding space for clients to peel back the layers of who they are at their essence, right? They, therapists would probably say they do some of that as well. Ultimately, I just hope my clients, you know, leave the session feeling clear on what they want, opening doors to seeing new possibilities, and feel empowered to move toward their goals. So we're a little more action-oriented than therapists. Mm -hmm. That would be the biggest difference, I would say. I love it so much. And if anyone's listening and you have not tapped into the power of coaching plus therapy, I highly recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, Life-changing doesn't even begin to like scratch the Mm -hmm. surface of what that combo can be. And Jen, you're currently meeting with folks virtually, correct? Yes. Awesome. So anyone out there who wants to work with you, then they can connect with you. They don't need to be local to Minneapolis. They can connect with you on that. And your link will be in the show notes as well. Okay. So say if somebody has ADHD and they decide they wanted to work with a home organizer, um, what are some things that they should keep in mind or that you would kind of suggest that they're thinking about asking about as they're choosing someone that's right for them? I love this question because, you know, just with that connection with Missy and now connecting to you, realizing the impact of adding an organizer into the team, right? It takes a village to support us with this diagnosis. So I would say if you meet an organizer, I think this close, you know, so that they know maybe typical strategies are not going to work for you. That's the biggest thing. I'm just loving the idea of having ADHD-informed organizers. I think this is amazing. And you guys are going to help so many people when, you know, as you develop the deeper understanding of ADHD and the connection to what you do. And then I would say that, you know, helping your clients be empowered to get creative about how they do their organizing. It might be not the typical strategies to give them that space to ask them questions on like what might work for them what's worked in the past can really develop a strategy that will stick and I also feel like making sure the organizer really has you know you feel that vibe with them that they're going to be compassionate and empathetic because this is such a force of shame for clients so to have somebody like that is a dream and to have somebody who doesn't judge and really gets it and is open to being creative is like the most amazing tool they could have with an organizer. Yeah. And I, to piggyback on that too, if something I've found that comes up a lot is that, you know, at the end of the day, as I'm creating solutions with folks, I'm not going to be the one living in your house. So I'm always letting people know if, say I have an idea of a solution and you feel like it doesn't necessarily feel quite right to you, even if you don't know what the answer is, I always encourage folks to speak up and just let me know if that doesn't feel right to you, just let me know. Because a lot of organization, just like a lot of finding the right organizer is about how you feel and it's about like vibe, which sounds a little bit woo and maybe it is, but <laughs> but if a solution doesn't feel good to you and it feels like you're butting up against it, you're not going to be inclined to stick with it. And I have been 
pleasantly surprised at different solutions that we've uncovered are the best for clients that were not my idea. And we just kind of lean into like, okay, if this isn't feeling right, then like what kind of, you know, what kind of ease are you looking for? What is the resistance about? Let's figure out how to remove the resistance. Let's figure out your patterns as far as like where you are when you need the thing, where you are when you need the solution, where you are when the issue happens and ergonomically, how do you flow about your day? And digging into all of those can just come up with some amazing things that I would never think of, but that people can really, that people lean into and it works better for them. So if it works better for them, then it's going to happen more easily. Right. I mean, ultimately you want them to have success and you're embracing like this coach mindset with what you're doing. Like you're asking questions, you're making sure it's going to work for them. And a lot of clients are really sensitive. They're going to pick up on who you are right away and go, I like this person or no, you're not for me. From what I'm hearing, you're creating a safe space for them to be, it's okay to explore. And if they come up with something that's really different, that's not weird. That's kind of cool and creative. Yeah. Getting a safe space for them to do that is amazing. So kudos to you on that. So much fun. You're welcome. Do you mind if I share a story about like a creative solution that came up? Yeah. Love it. This isn't with an ADHD client specifically, but it was with a teen. And I was just like, this continues to blow me away. Every time I think about it, it makes me so happy. So this teen I was working with that I knew we had a good relationship personally too. And their parent had been a client, somebody I'd known for a while. So we were working in their closet and the issue was that they kept putting clothes on the floor and it was like driving their parent crazy. And they were like, listen, I really like hate folding my clothes. I really hate putting my clothes on hangers. It's just like not feeling intuitive to me. And we're like, okay, what is the path of least resistance? Is it putting things in drawers, but you don't worry about folding? Like, does that feel? And they're like, you know what I'd really like? It's like tell me, like Spice Girls, tell me what you want. What you really, really want. Totally. <laughs> and they feel like, what I really want is I want a second hamper. And that is for my clean clothes. And nobody bugs me about it. And I can just put clean clothes in the hamper. I can just throw them in there, grab what I need. And then... Yeah, it won't be on the hanger. It won't be in the drawers. Can everyone leave me alone? But it won't be on the floor. Like that was the compromise. And mom said, sure, I don't care. As long as it's not on the floor. That's what's driving me crazy is like clothes everywhere. Mm -hmm. We got a second hamper and it worked. And they were able to maintain it. They were happy. Parent was happy. It was like this beautiful compromise. I would have never thought of that myself ever in a a million years. And it worked out great for them. Everyone was happy. It was a win-win. And they maintained it, as far as I know, since then. Yeah, amazing. You're giving your client permission to live the way they need to live to function. And that is like the ultimate gift because clients don't even know that they can do that. So that's an amazing story. And it's something I find it comes up a lot. And I am sure this comes up with you too, is that People get really caught up in like, what is the quote unquote right way, best way to do things? And it's kind of like in life, you know, too, like, well, what is going to, what's going to be the best choice? I was telling somebody who was a senior in high school, I was like, listen, this took me way too long to realize, but there is not necessarily a right choice. There's just a series of choices. And then it just takes you on another path. 
And that's it. That's how home organization is too. There's not like a best way. It's really more like what way works for you and is simple enough for you to maintain. That's the best thing for you. And we should just okay. lean on into it because that's that's it. That's exactly. <laughs> totally. Bravo. <laughs> just the path, path of least resistance, guys. That's all we want. Absolutely. Amazing. Okay. Hey, hon, are you looking to jumpstart your organization? Check out my free printable decluttering guide to give you inspiration on where to start. Just head to tidyrevival.com forward slash guide to get started. So Jen, let's talk about the resources on your website and we can link these in the show notes as well. Can you tell us more about the resources that you have available and how folks can stay in touch with you? Okay, absolutely. Let's see, a few I have on my website. One is add.org. This one in particular, I really love. So it's got lots of supports. It has lots of support groups, getting things done groups. And actually many of them are run by ADHD coaches that I know. And it, it's great because you got a coach running it. You've got other people who get it and you feel in a community where you're not alone. But they also have lots of resources on their website. Chad is another one. It's children and adults with ADHD. Also, that's more of a professional site for, you know, even psychiatrists, psychologists, coaches, anybody in the ADHD world. I think I have some magazine, like Attitude Magazine, just a nice place to get general re resource and articles around things that come up around ADHD. I also have a one I do not have on there and I realize I want to add is the ACO which is the ADHD coaching organization. This is where you could go on and find an ADHD coach. So they have filters on there where you can say, so I'm looking for in my coach and you can find coaches that you can reach out to. They'll have bios on there. Really great resource to find coaches. And I do have a couple articles on there. One's from the New York Times about ADHD coaching. And there's one that was recently um, in Harper's Bazaar about women and getting diagnosed in adulthood. I'm also going to add that one. Really a nice article about women and, you know, understanding the journey. And then ultimately to follow me, you know, my business is called Nautilus Life Coach. My, and you can find me on Facebook and in my Instagram handle is ADHD Discover RN. And that's how you can reach out to me through those sources. Awesome. Awesome. Before we wrap up today, do you have any final thoughts that you would want to leave folks as they are listening to this episode? I love that. Advocate for yourself. If you think this is a journey that you're already been on and you don't have the diagnosis and you've been struggling, advocate, ask your providers, tell them what's been going on in your life, you know, reflect on that and advocate until you get what you need because the statistics around untreated, undiagnosed ADHD are really dire. But if you're treated, you're diagnosed, and you have support, I mean, you could do anything in this world. So just advocate and get what you need to support yourself. I love it so much. And as a reminder, we're going to have Jen's info in the show notes. We will have her website, socials, and the resources that she mentioned as well. So be sure to follow and connect with her. And Jen, thank you so much for coming today and for sharing your wisdom. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. 
If you're enjoying this episode, we would love if you would rate and review the show. It helps us get in front of more people and we really, really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in today. If you want to learn more about how I can help you, head to tidyrevival.com to learn more about how I work with people one-on-one or in the clutter-free home process private community. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you'll always have access to the latest show. We would also love to hear your takeaways. Feel free to tag us at Tidy Revival on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. The Tidy Revival podcast is written and hosted by me, Carly Adams, and edited by Brittany McClain. Title song, Maverick, is by Left the Flamingo. And until next time, remember that you got this.